Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Oh, thank you guys for telling me uh, that, uh, that there's no sound. Um, that helps a little bit. Um, I was sorry, I was just saying, um, Josh uh, is away for today and tomorrow. Um, he will be back uh, next week. He is with his kid um, at the Children's Hospital. It is a planned uh, procedure, so it's not an emergency or anything like that. Um, so hopefully everything goes real smoothly and uh, Josh will be back here next week, but you guys are stuck with me for today. Uh, I believe we'll, we will have a special guest with me tomorrow, but it's just a solo show here today. Uh, 10 games on the slate here tonight. Uh, yes, there is a lot to talk about. We have player movement, lots of player injuries, guys that may or may not be playing, guys coming back. So uh, we're not going to wait too long uh, before we dig into these games. Uh, before we do, if you guys could, please give us a like and subscribe. Uh, those thumbs up and those subscriptions uh, really do help us. Uh, they get us to the top of the algorithm. They help grow this channel. So that these shows and other shows like it uh, can keep coming on a regular basis. It'll help you guys keep up with all our offers and all our giveaways and so much more. Uh, and make sure you click that bell so you do get notified uh, whenever we do go live. And if you guys can't catch us, uh, if you guys can't catch us live and you can't catch the YouTube show, we are on uh, all podcast platforms, wherever you do get your podcast. Uh, just leave us a five-star review. Those uh uh, positive reviews certainly do help us. So we are available on your podcast platform of choice. And thank you very much to Prize Picks for sponsoring this show. We do have uh, a special little, little giveaway uh, through Prize Picks that we'll talk about a little bit later. And we'll talk about uh, some Prize Picks themselves. But like I said, we do have 10 games to get into. Uh, so let's just jump right in. Let's get to this first game. Um, you'll notice I have the lineup builder brought up. Uh, on the screen with me. This is what I use. Um, this is one of the tools we have at Osmo. You can check it out for free if you're not uh, subscribed to Osmo. Um, you might not see the projections and the stacks and the ownership projections and all that that, that we have with subscriptions, um, but you can still uh, follow along with the lines and what teams we're on and, and so on and so forth. So uh, we're going to start with Tampa Bay uh, at home to Buffalo. Tampa Bay has a 4.0 goal total. Buffalo has a 2 point eight goal total uh eric Comrie is set to start uh for buffalo as they continue kind of their goalie uh roulette i suppose you want to call it uh tampa bay hasn't confirmed their goalie but uh they've had uh they had a day off um vasilevsky you know he wasn't tested too hard against anaheim on tuesday so i suspect it'll be vasilevsky um they have a back-to-back -back this weekend Detroit and Pittsburgh. So I assume Vasilevsky tonight, you know, maybe Elliott against Detroit and then Vasilevsky against Pittsburgh. But we'll see a warm up. 
Um, what we have to mention first off is that despite Buffalo's, let's call it little slide of late, they seem to be sticking um, with the lines that they have. This team has lost uh, four, five of their last seven games. They're two, four, and one uh, in their last seven games, starting to slide out of um, the playoff picture a little bit. They do need to start racking up wins. I thought they might play around uh, with their lineup a little bit, but they are not. Uh, so you're going to have Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, Tage Thompson, top line, Dylan Cousins, JJ Paterka, Victor Olofsson, second line. Now, I'm going to start on the Buffalo side here. Um, the Buffalo top line, you can tell just kind of watching them that they're really starting to press. I think the magnitude of where they are is really is, I think, might be kind of starting to hit home. Like this is a team that really hasn't had any success over the or franchise, I should say, that hasn't had any success for like a decade now. This is the first time they've really been in any sort of playoff race that I can remember late February, early March. Um, they still could get there, but you know, two, you know, you can't be losing five out of seven games and and hope to stay in there. So, you know, it seems like they're starting to press and it's showing up a little bit in their defensive numbers. You know, the Buffalo top line is still generating a lot offensively over the last month, still, you know, amongst the you know, the best of the best, um, you know, well over four goals for 60 minutes, which is really good. But it, like I said, it's the defensive numbers that are catching up over the last month, 3.6 expected goals against 5.7 actual goals against. Um, those are really bad numbers at five on five. They haven't been a great defensive line, you know, this season in general, but that is a pretty big deviation um, from what they typically have been doing. And I'm not expecting them to really turn it around here tonight. And I'll get to that in a second when we talk about Tampa, but I, I think, you know, well, the defensive numbers are more for Tampa, but it is important to note that the top line still is generating a lot. Um, the second line, uh, if we're talking about um, uh, JJ Paterka, Dylan Cousins and Victor Olofsson, um, the one thing that I would mention here is that they're kind of not really being used as a second line. Uh, if you look at the ice times, there'll be a lot of games where guys like Kyle Poso or Casey Middlestad will play more than they will. Um, but, you know, they don't get a lot of power play time. They're not playing with the better offensive players. Like Cousins is having a really good season by a lot of uh, underlying metrics. Uh, JJ Paterka as well. He has a lot of uh, really good uh, playmaking data uh, so far. So um, what I will uh, mention about Buffalo is that I kind of don't mind the top line here. I'll bring up the top stacks tool here real quick. Um, the top stacks tool is something that we use obviously here. Um, you can get it with a, a stochastic subscription. It shows you top two stack probabilities, ownership share and all that. Uh, Tampa Bay is not really coming in with a lot, but Buffalo is coming in with almost none. Um, under 1% top two stack probability. $22,100. They are one of the better leveraged lines here on this slate. As always, Buffalo won firmly in play here for me, especially if somehow Brian Elliott gets the nod in net. Um, you know, Vasilevsky certainly can be beat. Uh, I would feel better if it was Elliott, but I still think Buffalo won is definitely in play. And I'll get to why here um, in a second when I talk about the Tampa side. Um, Buffalo two and three, not as much for me. I, you know, if you want a one-off like a Dylan Cousins or an Olsen or something like that, yeah, like go ahead. But I'm not going too much in the depth. The Tampa side is what's really interesting because um, they typically do use their second line um, as a shutdown line. That Stamkos, Sorelli, Kalorn line. So they should go out against the Tage Thompson line. Now that 
line for or the defensive numbers for that second line over on Tampa have been pretty good lately. 2.3 um, expected goals against uh, over their last five weeks together. Those are um, pretty good defensive numbers for that second line, but it's a little bit of a deviation from what they had been doing this season. Um, if you look at that line in totality, um, 140 minutes together, 3.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes, 3.3 actual goals for. Now, part of it could be Anthony Sorelli um, just getting used to uh, playing again. You know, he returned from injury. Maybe he just needed some games to get back underneath. And he typically is very good defensively. Um, but on the whole, they haven't been great defensively. And if that's a matchup for Buffalo 1, I don't mind Buffalo 1 there. Tampa one is going to get second and third line matchups from Buffalo. And I, you know, as bad as the Buffalo top line has been defensively, the second and third lines have been, you know, fine, but certainly not good by any measure. Uh, Tampa one's not really generating a lot though. 3.2 expected goals per 60 minutes over there last month. Now they have been rotating lines at time, but um, it, it, it's kind of worrisome that they're not generating a lot, but this is a really good power play spot for Tampa. Uh, Buffalo doesn't take a lot of penalties, but they really struggle to kill off the ones that they do take. Uh, and Tampa, um, pretty good at drawing power plays. They're amongst the best, uh, I think, sixth in the league in power play opportunities per game. So it's a good spot for the Tampa Bay power play, good spot for the Tampa Bay top line. I do like the top line for Tampa here. So it's both top lines for me uh, in this game. All right. Uh, now, moving along real quick, we're going to get down to uh, the New Jersey Devils and the Los Angeles Kings. New Jersey has a 3.4 total. The Los Angeles Kings are sitting with a 3.0 total. Uh, New Jersey announced that uh, goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood is injured. So Vitek Vanacek is going to start tonight. And it looks like he's going to start for the near future. Uh, Phoenix Copley on the other side for Los Angeles. Now, I'm going to start with uh, the New Jersey side here because New Jersey, they're basically running back the same lineup that they had last game when they got uh, their brains beat in by uh, Montreal. Uh, congrats to the Habs on that big win. Um, but they're running back those lines. And in that last show, we talked about how good uh, Sharon Govich um, and Jack Hughes had typically been together, at least offensively, over the last couple of seasons. Um, that line of Hughes, Sharon Govich, and Brad is now up to about 85 minutes together uh, this season, which is about, you know, seven games worth of ice time, seven or eight. Not a lot, but we're starting to get a, a workable sample. Four expected goals per 60 minutes at five on five, uh, 3.1 against. Like, they're generating a lot offensively, but they're also allowing a lot offensively. Um, it's kind of been the hallmark for New Jersey. It's something Josh and I have talked about on this show a lot over the last month is that basically since the end of November, early December, New Jersey's defensive metrics have really, really been on a big slide and it's their goaltending, which has kept them in it, which is kind of funny when you think about where this goaltending was, you know, back in October or basically all of last season. Um, so they are generating a lot, but they are giving up quite a bit. Um, and they're going to be uh, going up against the Kings and the way New Jersey is probably going to run their lines so you're going to see Hishier go out against that Kopitar line. And that's going to mean Jack Hughes going out against the Kings second line. And that Kings second line has typically been very, very good defensively all season long. There's not a huge sample lately because Trevor Moore had been hurt. Guys have been moving around the lineup or whatever. 
But, you know, just their last 50 minutes, 2.1 expected goals against. Like, that's about 20% better than the league average. Like, they're really, really good defensively. It seems like a bad matchup for the Hughes line. But the Kings goaltending has been really shaky basically all season. Uh, Phoenix Copley has been the guy that's basically come in um, and, you know, taken over as, as the number one. And he's been basically average by overall save percentage. So it's not like this team is, is you know, great uh, in net. So certainly the second line can get there, but I think it's a bad matchup for them at five on five. Um, so I don't think you have to play them. Uh, our top stacks tool says that they're probably going to come in with good leverage, two to 3% ownership, uh, five to 6% top two stack on DraftKings. So yes, they're certainly fine to play. And Jack Hughes does have like 50 shots in his last 10 games, averaging nearly a DK shot bonus per game. So um, yes, they absolutely can get there. They're not that expensive. I just think it's a bad matchup at five on five. That's, that's my only uh, quibble about it. Uh, for the other New Jersey line, um, pretty good offensive numbers with Dawson Mercenary, like really good offensive numbers, uh, basically as good as the Jack Hughes line that we just talked about. Um, and it's Thomas Tatar that is making the difference here, honestly. Um, Tatar, remember, he had been down on the third line at times of late for New Jersey, back on the top line with Hishier. Um, Hishier and Mercer, typically not great numbers together, but you add Thomas Tatar and it makes a big difference. And it makes sense. Like if you look at, um, you know, some expected some expected goals driving numbers, like impact numbers, Thomas Tatar is still near the top of forwards in the league. Um, you know, his playmaking and his shooting skills aren't necessarily great, but he's pretty good at helping his teammates and his line mates generate offense. Um, I kind of like that Hisher line. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Hisher, Mercer, and Tatar coming in almost no ownership, one to two percent um, per the top stacks tool. I think those are that's one of those filler lines I can get behind. Um, you know, you don't have to full three man stack. You can go like Hisher and Tatar or Hisher, Mercer if you want. Um, but that is one of the more filler type stacks that I like on the King side. Um, should mention in the last game, uh, Quinton Byfield was moved off the King's top line for Gabriel Velarde. Um, the King's top line had been really, really good with Gabriel Velarde there earlier in the season. And if he's there again, they'd be all on the top power play unit. Um, but they, then they run into that Hishir Tatar shutdown line. And that's not something I want to be, want a part of. It's Kings two that interests me. Um, they're not coming in with much ownership either, even less than the New Jersey line I just talked about. They're just 14K, Arvidsson, Deneau, and more. Um, you, they have been generating a lot uh, of offense in those 50 minutes since January, 3.4 expected goals per 60 minutes. Arvidsson over three shots per game in his last five games. Um, they are generating. They're going to get the Hughes matchup, which I think is a really good matchup at them at 5-on-5, five five, at least offensively. Um, I think it's Kings 2 I like best on the Los Angeles side. So Kings 2 and the Hisher line for me out of this New Jersey and Los Angeles game. All right, let's get to the next one. The next one is one of the big games that we do have uh, on the slate here tonight. We're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.6 implied goal total. They're at home to the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers have a 3.5 expected goal total. Tristan Jari for the Penguins, Stuart Skinner for the Oilers. You know, these are two teams whose goaltenders, um, they have other goaltenders on the roster that have let them down. Casey Smith, uh, Jack Campbell. These are, I think, the five, like, pretty easily the team's two best goaltenders, which makes a little bit of a difference here. But yes, you're still seeing 
uh, a seven over under. So there are a lot of goals expected here. Um, on the Pittsburgh side, it looks like they're probably going to run back the same top six. Uh, you know, that top six has been generating a lot of offense lately. That was the one thing that really stuck out to me researching this game was just how good offensively they had been. The top line for Pittsburgh over the last month, 4.7 expected goals generated per 60 minutes of five on five. You know, for people that might have just joined us over the NBA All-Star break, uh, 4.7 expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five over a hundred minute sample is massive offensive numbers. League average is like 2.5 or 2.6. So this is like 80 to 90% higher than the league average. Um, even though they're only shooting just over 6%, which is very, very low, they're still scoring 3.2 goals per 60 minutes, which is well above league average because they're just generating so much volume. Um, they're all playing, you know, that around that 20 minute mark, you know, between 19, 21 minutes. Um, Ricard Raquel, I've mentioned before, like he's been a positive influence on the Pittsburgh power play, which which has brought the power play from, you know, awful to moderately respectable. I wouldn't say all the way respectable, but uh, somewhat at least. Um, so I don't mind that Pittsburgh top line here. Uh, I do think that they're um, that they're in a bit of a tougher matchup against Edmonton than we might realize. Um, otherwise, like I know we like to make you know, Josh and I like to make fun of the Edmonton Oilers here, but this is not a team that has been bad defensively uh, of late. 2.25 uh, expected goals against for the Oilers as a team at five on five over their last 20 games. That's third in the league. The only teams better are Carolina and Calgary. Like they're better than, they've been better defense over their last 20 games at five on five defensively than Boston, Vegas, Minnesota, Seattle. Um, you know, the, Goalies haven't been great, which is why the actual goals against is down over the last month by goals against, um, you know, Edmonton's been really, really good defensively. And because of, you know, how bad they've typically been over the last five years, I think people are just kind of assuming they still are a good defensive team plus uh, Stuart Skinner. And that that's a little bit worrisome um, for me. Uh, like, I don't know if I want to pay up for Pittsburgh here, but they are, I'll bring up the top stacks tool again. They are coming in with really positive leverage, um, about uh, plus seven leverage, plus 7%. That's number four, just behind the Buffalo line that we just talked about. So I get wanting to play Pittsburgh here. I just don't wonder if, if you know, it's a reasonable price. They're under $20,000 as a line on DraftKings. Um, they have a huge total. They're perfectly correlated on the power play. I wonder if that ownership doesn't come up a bit. That's what's kind of making me a little bit scared. Uh, the second line, the Malkin line, Malkin, Zucker, and uh, Rust has been just as good offensively at five on five. Um, 4.8 expected goals per 60 minutes over the last month. Four, expect, four actual goals generated per 60 minutes. So, like, you know, both top lines are perfectly fine here. I just don't wonder if they come in a little bit over... Um, you know, higher owned than we might otherwise have them um, just because they are starting to get a little bit cheap and there is a pretty solid total on their side. Um, if anything, I would play Pittsburgh one. Um, the Edmonton penalty kill is better, but it has struggled this year. Edmonton does take a lot of penalties, three and a half times shorthanded per game. That's amongst the most in the league. Um, Pittsburgh power play hasn't been great, but uh, like I said, it has been better with Raquel and he is on the top line, top power play unit. So, 
it would be Pittsburgh one. I think Pittsburgh two is perfectly fine to play. I'm just trying to maybe take advantage of all the power plays Edmonton could offer up here tonight. On the Edmonton side, honestly, it's it's tough to say what to do because yes, the Edmonton Oilers, you know, quote unquote, ran lines today at morning skate. Uh, they had a top line of Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and uh, Derek Ryan, and a second line of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, uh, and Kyler Yamamoto. But as we mentioned on the last show, um, Edmonton's not their last game. The game before that, the line that Connor McDavid was on in warm-up, he didn't play a single shift with them at five-on-five. I don't suspect we're going to see the same thing here tonight. Now that Clint Costin is back, they should be able to run 12 forwards and six defensemen and should be able to, you know, they won't roll four four lines. Edmonton never will. Um, but at least keep somewhat consistent line combinations. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of Derek Ryan on the top line. We were talking about this in our Discord. He's just not a guy that does a whole lot on the ice. Like, he's not good in transition. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't shoot very much. His shot rate is well below league average. Um, if you look at where he passes the puck, Derek Ryan, whenever he gets the puck in the offensive zone, he kicks it out to the defenseman. And that's not just me saying that. That's people that are tra- tracking this game to see what he does in the offensive zone with the puck and then, uh, you know, marking it down. He, he just he doesn't pass the other forwards in the offensive zone. Now, he hasn't played a ton with McDavid and Dreisaitl this year, so maybe that changes a little bit. Uh, but this isn't a guy that has a high offensive ceiling. He never, Nobody ever thought he has. And, you know... Does he spend more than a couple shifts there? Like, that's the big question with with Edmonton. I think with the Oilers, it's the same thing as always. It's the four power play guys, especially with Evander Kane still hurt. Um, It's McDavid, it's Dreisaitl, it's Hyman, it's Nugent Hopkins. It's picking some combination out of those four and playing them. Like, you know, Derek Ryan, maybe he stays there the whole game. I very much doubt it. He's probably there for two or three shifts. And then the, you know, blender comes out and he ends up with nine minutes of ice time or something like that. So... It's just the big boys for Edmonton Uh, on the Pittsburgh side. Like I said, I think both top lines are perfectly fine and in play here. It's the top line uh, for Pittsburgh specifically that is of interest to me, even though I think their ownership comes up from what we have right now. Um, Just because Edmonton does take so many penalties, I think it's not a bad spot for the Penguins to take advantage um, of Edmonton's undisciplined play. All right. Uh, One more game to get to uh, right now. We have the Anaheim Ducks going into Washington. The Anaheim Ducks have a 2.3 implied goal total. Washington is sitting with a 3.8 implied goal total. Now, just before we came on the air, uh, we found out that uh, Troy Terry will be back for Anaheim tonight. So what we're showing in the lineup builder right now, Grant Strom, Zegers, McTavish, Henrik, Jones, um, that's not going to be the lineup because Adam Henrik is injured. they say he's injured. I mean, it, we're getting close to the trade deadline. Um, who knows? It's week to week, though, so I assume it's a legitimate injury. Uh, Derek Grant was moved off the top line uh, in their last game as well. So, and Troy Terry is coming back. So, I'm not wondering if we don't see a McTavish, uh, Terry, and Zegers line here tonight. Um, there's just really no one left for them to play with. Like maybe they want to split up Zegers and Terry. Um, that's something they had done before Terry got hurt. So I could see them doing that and maybe doing like, you know, Strom, Zegers, McTavish, 
uh, Terry Jones and Lundestrom or something like that. Um, I honestly don't think we're going to know what the Anaheim lineup looks like until warmups start. What I will say is that Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers typically have been pretty good offensively together this year and last year as well. Um, and I don't think there's going to, you know, between the implied total uh, of 2.3 and Terry, you know, on DraftKings, I think he still has the IR designation. Um, no, they just took it off. So it, it just taken off. Like, I don't think there's going to be much ownership on here. We'll see what the lines are at warm up. But if Zegers and, and Terry are together, I would have some interest here. It's not as if Washington has been, you know, their defensive numbers have certainly slid. Uh, since John Carlson got hurt, you know, they're more towards the middle of the league. The penalty kill is very good, which is one thing that would hurt Anaheim, but I'm not expecting any ownership on Anaheim here. I'm, you know, I'm not stacking them. I'm playing single entry tonight. I think I'm not going to be stacking Anaheim. If I had a lot of lineups here tonight, I'd be at least paying attention to what Anaheim runs and warm up because you could get some very, very low ownership combinations. And that's what Charlie Lindgren in net on the Washington side. Um, they're putting the backup in for this game as Anaheim often faces in their game. So, I, you know, if Zegers and, and, and Terry are together, I wouldn't mind playing them. On the Washington side, Alex Ovechkin is back. Um, that is pretty important uh, for the Caps. He's going right back to the uh, top power play, uh, top line, which he always is. Um, you know, him and Kuznetsov, their problem this year, which is something Josh and I have talked about at times this season, is finishing. Uh, I was looking at Kuznetsov and Ovechkin without Connor Sheary. 3.3 expected goals per 60 minutes of 5-on-5 this year in 125 minutes played. That's pretty good offensively, but only 1.9 goals because they're shooting 5.5%. You know, if they're shooting something like 9%, they're, you know, they're probably around 3, 3.2 goals or whatever, and they're pretty good offensively. Um, that's a little bit of a problem, but, you know, it's the Anaheim Ducks. This is, the you know, probably the worst team uh, in the league defensively, uh, and they do take a lot of penalties of their own, just about as many as the Oilers that we just talked about. So, you know, I, if you want to do like a uh, just stack the top line, Ovechkin, Wilson, Kuznetsov, um, I think that's firmly in play. Uh, what I will mention is what our top stack shows, and that is that there is a lot of ownership on Washington, 16.5% uh, on the top line as a trio. If it's saying... Uh, and Ovechkin top lines at 16.5%. You can probably expect Ovechkin at like 25 to 30% um, in some contests. So just, you know, we've, we've gone over this uh, the last few times that Anaheim's uh, been on the slate. Um, you know, certainly Tampa beat their brains in uh, in their last game. Um, but Anaheim's going to draw a ton of ownership at all times. Um for good reason, don't get me wrong, but it's not a guarantee that Washington, you know, that Washington goes out here and, you know, wins 6 nothing or something like that. It's it's far from that sort of guarantee. So um, it's up to people what they want to do with uh, the, the chalk that, that uh, Washington is going to be here tonight. But, I, you know, as always, if I'm playing Washington, Alex Ovechkin is in the stack. So no matter what I do, whether it's Ovechkin and Kuznetsov or Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, plus Backstrom for some sort of power play stack, Ovech, or Ovech, just Ovechkin and Backstrom or something like that. Um, I don't mind doing that. Just watch for the heavy, heavy ownership. I think that's all I'll say um, about this one. <laughs> you know, this game's pretty self-explanatory. What I will say is that I'm not stacking the Anaheim. I'm not stacking the Washington depth. 
Um, Backstrom is due for some regression, but I have questions about how just how healthy he actually is. Um, I kind of had the same questions about TJ Oshi. Both lines are coming in with pretty significant negative leverage. Again, if you want to put Backstrom with Ovechkin for a power play stack, that's fine. But I don't think I'm, I'm going out and stacking Backstrom, Cheery, Johansson or something like that. That's not something I'm doing uh, for this slate. Uh, we do have a little special promo that we'd like to talk about uh, real quick here at Osmo. Uh, you can get four weeks of NHL here at Osmo for $29.98. That is 50% off the NHL package here at Osmo um, with the coupon score. That link is below in the video description below, below the YouTube video. Uh, just go and click through and you can get four weeks of our NHL package for 50% off. And then it goes to regular price after that, which is $59.95 a month. You get the lineup builder, which I've been showing all, um, all show. You get the point projections, um, you know, that, uh, that are shown in our lineup builder. Uh, you get our top stacks tool, which I've been showing all, all show long. There's fantasy rankings, there are, stat, there are team stack rankings. And then, you know, there's our discord, which there is a lot of DFS talked about, you know, just today, um, uh, you know, using, how to specifically use different features on fantasy cruncher was something that was discussed. Um, you know, different line combinations people can use is something that was discussed. People are giving, you know, betting tips and betting, you know, betting picks and, and things like that. Lots going on in the discord at all times. So be sure to just click through the link below 2995. You get access to everything that NHL stochastic has. Um, and it's it's a really really good deal if you just want to try it out for months you don't like it you can move on all you've spent is a, a dollar a day so uh, just click through that link below come join us here at stochastic uh come join us here for the final couple months of the season and uh come check out our discord we always love seeing new faces in there all right let's get to our next set of games we have the minnesota wild going into Columbus to face the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Minnesota Wild have a 3.1 total. Columbus Blue Jackets have a 2.5 total. Uh, the big news here is uh, Johnny Godreau is back for Columbus. Um, he is back and on the top line with Boone Jenner and uh, uh, Patrick Laine, which is obviously, as always, that we want to... Um, it's the, it's the line combination that you want to see. It's something Josh and I talk about, uh, you know, pretty much every show that they, they should be leaving that line together. You know, maybe you want to move Marchenko there instead of line A or something, but that is easily their best line here. Um, they're at home uh, to Minnesota. Marc-Andre Fleury is already confirmed uh, for the Minnesota Wild, where he's going up against Junis Corpusella for Columbus. Now, Minnesota has reunited uh, that Hartman uh, Zuccarello and Capra's offline. They've been together for a few games now. That's a line that was so good together last year. They're having a little bit of a problem generating good quality. Like they have 90 minutes together over the last couple months, 74 shot attempts generated per 60 minutes, which is quite a bit. Um, but only 2.7 expected goals generated. That's not a lot. They're having that problem that Calgary has that we talk about. Sometimes they're generating a lot of shot attempts not really a lot of shot quality so um not you know i'm not uh, it's tough to say i don't like minnesota because obviously this is a pretty good matchup for them and if you look at our top stacks tool yes they're coming in with a lot of ownership as well but basically bang on their top two stack probability 
and it's 17,900 on DraftKings. They're really not that expensive. So, you know, you can get in another pretty good stack alongside them. There are a couple problems um, that I have with Minnesota. First, I don't think people realize just how tough of a time this team has had scoring for quite a while now. I mean, you know, it's not like they're, they've just been going through a little slump that's been kind of bad for, um, you know, for a couple of weeks or something like that. <clears throat> Pardon me. I was looking at uh, how this team has been doing basically since the start of December, span of 36 games or nearly half the season. Minnesota's 25th in goals per minute. They're worse than Philadelphia. They're worse than San Jose. They're worse than Ottawa. They're worse than Detroit. They're worse than Nashville. You know, a lot of that is shooting percentage related, but they're still not generating a lot of shot attempts either. Basically right in the middle of the league. Like this isn't a team that is generating very much. Um, now Columbus is a pretty bad defensive team and it's a good matchup, but Jonas Corpusalo is having a pretty good season in net. I don't think people realize his save percentage is like 914 or something like that, which might not sound great, but the league average I think is 904 or 905. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. It's Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability, an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen and a choice of powerful engines to pick from. Whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Like, he's been really, really good. And on top of that, as mentioned in uh, the YouTube chat just now, Jonas Brodin was put on the IR today as well. So Minnesota's down one of their top three defensemen. Um, maybe top two defensemen along with uh, Jared Spurgeon. So like I get wanting to play Minnesota, you get two to three guys on the top power play unit. They're not that expensive. Columbus is a pretty bad defensive team, but there could be a lot of ownership here. They're really not generating a lot of quality. And Corpus Allo has been playing pretty well this year. I think this is kind of the spot where, I would go and fade the ownership. Like if you ask me to pick between the Minnesota top line and the Washington top line, um, you know, the Minnesota top line coming in 17,900, that Washington top line also 17,900, both coming in, you know, basically bang on the top two stack probability. Very, very similar lines here tonight. I'm playing Washington. I'm, I'm not playing. I would play Washington over, over Minnesota. And that's not particularly close for me. Um, so yeah, if you want to play Minnesota, that's fine. Go ahead. I, I think there's too much ownership and I think there are reasons to not play Minnesota given the way they played, how Corpus Allo is playing, plus all that ownership coming in on there. The second line, Marcus Foligno is back from Minnesota. The second line is going to be him and Joel Erickson with Matt Boldy. That line just hasn't generated any offense this year. Um, 
uh, like Marcus Foligno, he he's basically dragging down all the offensive numbers of everybody he's playing with. He has 85 minutes together this season alongside Matt Boldy, and they've generated 2.0 expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five. That's just flat out bad. Like that's not a little bit below average, or maybe they're struggling a little. Like that's just flat out bad offense. I like yes, they can get there against a a, a Columbus team that is you know, doesn't really have good depth. Um, the, but they're coming in a little bit over-owned as well. Like, yeah, one-off Matt Boldy, I would say, yeah, go ahead. One-off Joel Erickson Eck, yeah, go ahead. I'm just, I, I, it feels weird to say, because if you would have told me I'd be feeling this, um, you know, back in the middle of December, I, I'm just not super excited about playing Minnesota here tonight. Yes, they're still certainly fine to play given the matchup, but I think given all the ownership and the way they played for the last three months, I think there are reasons not to play them. I will say I don't have any interest in the Columbus side. For as bad as Minnesota's been offensively, they've been excellent defensively, both at five on five and on the penalty kill. Um, you know, Columbus's top line certainly fine to play here tonight. I'll bring up the top stacks tool again here real quick. Patrick Line, Boone Jenner, Johnny Godreau, um, you know, coming in with pretty good leverage, but they are more expensive. You know, all things considered, I think they're a fine play. I'm going to be honest. In a nutshell, I don't have a lot of interest in either side here. And like I said, two months ago, it would have been impossible to fathom given the way that Minnesota and Columbus were playing like at the end of November. But Minnesota has not been the same team for the last three months that they were over the first six weeks of the season. Uh, let's get to our next game. New York Rangers, 3.3 implied goal total. They're going into Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings have a two or sorry. The New York Rangers have a 3.3 implied goal total. The Detroit Red Wings are sitting at 3.0 right now. Uh, I think one reason for that is Yaroslav Halak has been confirmed for the New York Rangers. He will be starting in net um, for the Rangers here tonight. No confirmation on the Red Wings side, but I am assuming it is going to be it is going to be Billy Huso again. Um, for the Rangers, uh, Artemi Panarin missed practice yesterday um people might have been worried about that but they said that it was just kind of like a maintenance thing and he should be in today so he will be on the second line with Vincent Trocek and Vladimir Tarasenko top line of Chris Kreider Mika Zibanejad and Jimmy VC. shout out to Jimmy VC, uh kind of reclaiming his NHL status here uh I'm going to start on the Rangers side the one thing I will say about the Rangers is something I said a couple games ago about them is that uh the first handful of games uh, for um, Tarasenko in a Rangers lineup was a pretty bad schedule for the New York Rangers. Um, not just because he had just gotten there and they were on the road or whatever, but, uh, you know, uh, versus Seattle, at Carolina, at Vancouver, obviously not hard. At Edmonton, we just talked about how good they've been defensively. At Calgary, one of the best defensive teams in the league. And then they just played Winnipeg on Monday night. Uh, going up against Connor Hellebuck, who might win the best in trophy as the top goaltender in the league this year. So um, it's been a pretty bad, pretty brutal stretch of games for Tarasenko to get acclimated. Um, him and Panarin, they haven't played a lot together. They're, they're just over 40 minutes together. Um, they're above water by shot share, which is a good sign because Artemi Panarin lines typically aren't that, aren't above uh, 50%. Um, if they are, it's not by much. 
Um, so they are, you know, at least finding some chemistry and not getting run over defensively, which is a good sign, at least to start with. Uh, so I don't mind using a two man on that side. Um, but I think it's the Rangers top line that I actually have a little bit more interest in here. Uh, I'll bring up that top line again, real quick. It is Kreider's advantage and BC 29.9 stack projection, but you look at the ownership 1.2% on BC, 1.3% on Kreider or 1.6% on, on Kreider, 1.3% on Mika's advantage ad. Um, not much ownership here. I'll bring up our top stacks tool again, real quick. Um, coming in with good leverage. They're not expensive at 16,500. Uh, and beyond that, they have really good numbers together this season. Uh, so far this season, uh, in 125 minutes together, Kreider's advantage at in BC, 4.0 expected goals, four per 60 minutes, 3.4 actual goals per 60 minutes, with a below average shooting percentage, they are generating a ton of volume on offense. There isn't really a Detroit line that I'm worried about uh, shutting about a shutdown line, certainly not if they use Andrew Kopp. So I don't mind the Crider's advantage at BC line here. You're going to get two out of three guys on the top power play unit. Detroit's penalty kill is struggling and has struggled pretty much all season. Um, there's no ownership on this Rangers line. It's VC's advantage at Kreider that I like best on that side. Now, if you want to take off VC and put in one of the power play guys like Tarasenko or Panarin, because Detroit doesn't have a very good penalty kill, I will not complain about that. I would say fill your boots, go right ahead. Um, but VC does save over $2,000 uh, on um, on those wingers. He does have a good projection as well. He's projecting for over seven, seven points on DraftKings, which is over 2x his salary, which is good for immediate projection. So I think you're perfectly fine leaving BC there if you want to save some money to get in a more expensive stack elsewhere. On the Detroit side, um, I saw Lucas Raymond will not be back tonight. So Detroit will be running back, uh, probably running back the top line of Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Perron. Um, I don't mind that line either. You know, something uh, Josh and I talked about quite a bit on this show is how much better, you know, Bertuzzi and, and Dylan Larkin have been without Lucas Raymond. Uh, over the last two years, without him, 3.6 expected goals for, two and a half against. Um, like, you know, that's, that's they're really dominating the play. 5.4 actual goals scored. Bertuzzi has 11 shots and six points in, in his last five games, all without Lucas Raymond in the lineup. It's not a bad line. They're coming in with reasonable ownership, though. And that's the one thing that's kind of stopping me here, 3.7%. But they're not expensive at 14200 You're not, you're, you are getting uh, Yaroslav Halak rather than, um, sorry, uh, you are getting Yaroslav Halak rather than Igor Shosturkin. I don't mind that Detroit top line. A three total is not nothing. Um, so I don't mind them. Uh, should mention uh, Jakob Vrana is going to be staying in the lineup. I think there was something about him being assigned to the AHL or whatever. That was just kind of like a paper move. Um, he's going to be in the lineup here tonight. But it is the Detroit top line and the Rangers second line that I do like best in that game. All right, let's get to our next one. Uh, we, In fact, I like that Detroit, I like that Rangers second line so much. I'm going to put him in our lineup. So with the lineup builder, you can make a lineup as you go along, see what fits, see what doesn't fit. I do like that Rangers top line, so I'm going to add them into the lineup. And there you go. 
Um, you know, you can see, uh, you know, the ownership percentage, their projection, what the stack is projected for, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to have the Rangers top line be the first line that we put in right there. All right, let's get to our next game. This is probably the second main event of the slate. Uh, we have the Vancouver Canucks uh, going into uh, St. Louis. Um, Vancouver has a 3.3 total. St. Louis Blues sitting at three and a half. Uh, both, uh, you're not seeing them in the lineup builder right now because uh, we do need uh, an update in a little bit, but both uh, Pavel Buchnevich and Brandon Saad are going to be back for St. Louis. The top line should be Saad, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo with the second line of Barbashev, Shen, and Pavel Buchnevich. Now, there's... There is a seven over under in this game. They are expecting a lot of goals. And I think for very good reason, this is, you know, especially with Ryan O'Reilly gone, um, this could be a pretty bad defensive team from St. Louis, but they just got some reinforcements backs and some pretty big ones. Um, Pavel Buchnevich, I think is their best two-way winger. Um, he's certainly much better defensively than, you know, Tyra Tarasenko who's now gone or, you know, Jordan Cairo or Ivan Barbashev or whatever, like much better defensively. He's a pretty good offensive player on his own. I just don't know if he's good enough to carry a Shen Barbashev line. Those two guys are typically pretty bad defensively. Like Barbashev is notorious for being a one zone player. Um, you know, Shen and Buchnevich don't really have good offensive, uh, don't go, don't have good offensive numbers together this year. 2.3 expected goals for and 110 minutes together without Ryan O'Reilly. You know, Brain Shen has seven shots in his last five games. Like, I think you're fine to stay away from that St. Louis second line. What's more interesting to me is uh, the St. Louis top line. I'll bring up our top stacks tool again here. That St. Louis top line is coming in over-owned. Uh, negative leverage, 7.7% top two stack, 10.7% ownership. But they're not expensive at 15700 um, I think there are, you know, things you can do if you want to change around the lineup a little bit. Like, I don't think Brandon Saad is necessary to play upon return. Uh, but they do have better offensive numbers together. Thomas Cairo and Saad are up to about 50 minutes together. 2.7 expected goals for, um, you know, that's a fair bit higher uh, than that other St. Louis line. They should play more minutes. You know, Jordan Cairo still has 37 shots over his last 10 games, despite this team being on a little bit of a slide. It is the Cairo line that I like the best. Um, if you want to play the second line, because I think Buchnevich and Shen are fine to play, go ahead. But they do have, you know, even more negative leverage, same ownership, uh, much lower top two stack probability than the top line. So it is St. Louis one that I do like better. On the Vancouver side, um, Atu Ratu got called up. He was the guy... Um, that was uh, one of the big pieces coming back in the Bo Horvat trade. Looks like he's going to start on the third line with Sheldon Drees. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're not playing anybody in that bottom six anyway. I'm not playing the Vancouver second line. Uh, Brock Besser and Connor Garland have pretty bad. Um, Connor Garland got moved up to that line last game. Connor Garland, Brock Besser, uh, pretty bad defensive numbers together this year. Whether Garland's there or not, I don't think it's going to make any difference. That Miller, Besser, whatever it is line is going to be pretty bad defensively. That would be one tick in favor of that St. Louis second line. But I don't wonder if that if that Barbashev Shen line isn't the one that isn't put out against Vancouver one as the shutdown line. 
And Vancouver one is playing absolutely out of their minds right now. Uh, 2.7 expected goals for 1.8 against 4.9 actual goals for. Now, obviously, they're running a bit hot by shooting percentage. But this isn't a bad spot for them, considering how bad St. Louis has been defensively and, you know, slightly positive leverage by our top stacks tool. Again, one of those lines that's not very expensive, 16,900, Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Beauvillier, all on the top power play unit. Now, St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties. They're one of the least penalized teams in the league. Um, they've also had a penalty. They've also had a penalty kill that's been getting a lot better since the first two months of the season. Um, but it would be Vancouver. It's for, if I'm playing Vancouver, it's Vancouver one or nothing. Now, if you want to turn it into a power play stack and add JT Miller or something like that, I think that's fine. I don't know if I would just play like JT Miller, Brock Besser, Phil DiGiuseppe or something like that. I don't think that's the direction I would go. And it would be the Vancouver top line. So it's both top lines for me in this game. I think the second lines are playable, but I do think they're considerably weaker than their top than their top line counterparts. Um, and that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, <laughs> you can get one month free of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus with Prize Picks when you sign up and make a deposit at Prize Picks. Yes, Prize Picks is the sponsor here on the show. Uh, we have been talking about them quite a bit uh, over the last few weeks. Um, Price picks is uh, where you can go and you can play. It's, it's a prop-based contest. There are no optimizers. There are no uh, quote-unquote sharks. Um, there are no mass entries. All you do is just pick uh, five-player lineups. Um, here uh, we have goalie saves, uh, points, shots on goals, goals, uh, what have you. I'm going to leave it on the shot on uh, goal screen for right now. Uh, so you just go ahead and you can make uh, your player picks. Now you can, you don't have to pick all NHL either. You can pick, you know, some NHL, some NBA, um, you know, later, maybe in about a month or so you can add in some MLB. Uh, so you can pick across sports and you can get up to 10 times your entry fee when you do it. And we've got a couple prize picks that I'm going to make for you. Jake, my boss, Jake Harry, uh, typically has a prize picks up on his Twitter account. So go visit Jake Harry on Twitter if you want to see what he's betting on tonight. But I have a couple. Uh, the first one is Matthew Shane. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt Duchesne over. Uh, I'll bring him up real quick. Uh, Matt Duchesne, shots on goal. We are taking the over on his shots. The reason for that. Um, is because of our player prop tool. Yes, we have a player prop tool here at Osmo that comes with your subscription. And the Matt Duchesne, um, 
uh, over is our third best bet for amongst our shots bets. He's projected for 2.83 shots. The, the, the line on prize picks is 2.0. So we are putting Matt Duchesne as one of our prize picks. Um, and I'll bring that back up. The other guy that we're going to look at is somebody we talked about earlier in this show, and that's Nico Hischier. Um, he's at two and a half shots. Our projection form is at 2.24 points. So that's an under. So we're taking over on Matt Duchesne for his shots and under on Nico Hishier's shots on his own. Be sure uh, to sign up for prize picks. Um, they are a wonderful, uh, wonderful little prop-based contest if you don't want to play DFS every day. And you can get a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus when you do uh sign up and deposit with prize picks so click on through uh and go get your pick on all right uh we've got a couple more uh games to get we've got a few more games to get through going to get through them relatively quickly uh calgary 3.0 implied gold total they're going into vegas vegas golden knights have a 3.4 total laurent Rossois is in net for vegas again uh, Jacob Markstrom should get the start here for Calgary as Dan Vladar played last night. Yes, Calgary did play last night. This is a back-to-back -back for them. Now, typically back-to-backs are very hard for teams, and I get that. But I think if there's one back-to-back -back you'd like to have, it's actually going into Vegas so that your players don't have 24 hours uh, to go uh, spend their free time. So I will say it's not necessarily a terrible uh, spot for them. What I will say is that, as I noted earlier in the show, uh, Vegas has been pretty good defensively uh, for quite a while now. Um, I was just looking at their numbers basically uh, since Christmas, which is about two months ago now. Most teams have played, you know, in the neighborhood um, of about 25 games uh, in that stretch. They they're basically right around Toronto um, by shots allowed uh, per minute by expected goals. They're tied with Toronto, like sixth in the league. Vegas has been pretty good defensively. Calgary really likes to spread around their ice time. Vegas also doesn't take very many penalties. They, I think they're still the least penalized team in the league this season. Um, and when you bring up our top stacks tool, um, there's not much ownership on Calgary. That's the one thing that's kind of drawing me to them, but they are coming in with a little bit of negative leverage. If anything, it's probably Backlund Coleman and Mangiapane that I would go to. Um, Nick Roy being out tonight might change up how Vegas uh, runs their lines here, um, but it, that Calgary third line could be out against the third lines, third and fourth lines from Vegas here. Um, and I think more importantly, it gets them into the depth on the blue line. And that back in Colin Mangiapane line has been really, really good ever since they got first got put together. I think they're a nice filler line, but that's all I would touch on the Calgary side. On the Vegas side, uh, in a nutshell, I don't have a lot of interest in Vegas, um, but two things. One, they're not coming in with much ownership. Uh, the Marshall Eichel line has positive leverage. Um, the Stevenson carrier Kessel line has negative leverage, but there's good positive leverage on that Vegas top line. The Vegas top line has been pretty good of late 3.3 expected goals, 4.7 actual goals in their last 90 minutes together. Problem is, is they're doing like Calgary does and spreading out ice time. Like Jack Eichel's playing like 17 minutes a game. 
it's really not a lot. You're basically banking on Jacob Markstrom continuing to play as poorly as he has. You can do that. Um, I think the main reason I would play Vegas, there are two reasons to play Vegas. One, positive leverage at a reasonable price. And two, Calgary is going with Jacob Markstrom. Now, if Jacob Markstrom plays well, Calgary is a good enough defensive team where Vegas could look pretty bad here tonight. But with positive leverage of Markstrom in, in, in net, I think it might be worth taking the chance of going on Eichel, Marshall, So and Cotter. Um, you know, if you want to take out Cotter, just go Eichel, Marshall, So or something like that. I think that's perfectly fine as well. Uh, Boston, 3.3 implied goal total. They are going into Seattle. The Seattle Kraken have a 2.6 implied goal total. Um, on the Kraken side, they have Philip Grubauer confirmed on Boston side. I think it, they have, uh, Linus Allmark, um, projected to start here for the Bruins. Um, he started three in a row though. Um, and they have Vancouver this weekend. So maybe they give, uh, you know, Allmark another break, a uh, little break or something like that to go play Vancouver. But, um, it doesn't make a huge difference for me, whether it's, it's all Mark or Swayman, because the thing with Seattle is like, they, I don't want to say struggling to score, but clearly the shooting percentage regression monster has kicked in a little bit here. And Boston is a brutal matchup. Um, the top line for Boston, 1.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes this year. The second line for Boston, 2.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes um, since January 1st really really good defensively and um if you look at seattle you're seeing it in the top two stacks like their top line is under one percent top two stack that bjorkstrand told the not in line is at 0.6 percent it's just a brutal brutal matchup for seattle and where they spread out um ice time the penalty kill the power the power play sorry has been a little bit better but still barely average like, I think uh, this is a situation where I'm just out on Seattle tonight. I, you know, it's another one of those, like, if you want a one-off, you know, Yanni Gord, if you want a one-off, Oliver Bjorkstrand, if you want a one-off, Jordan Everly. I, I think that's fine. Seeing a full three-man stack getting optimal against Boston with the way that they've been playing defensively just feels like a real tall task on a 10-game slate where there are 20 teams playing. So not a huge amount of interest for me in stacking Seattle. On the Boston side, um, it's probably that Boston uh, second line that I like the best. Uh, the reason for that is Gord, Tolvanen, and Bjorkstrand are, um, or it's the Boston top line I like the best, sorry. The, the Gord, Tolvanen, and Bjorkstrand line has been getting a little bit worse defensively. If you look, and if you look at uh, the top stacks tool here, Boston's top line has almost no ownership. And I get that there are concerns about like ice time and things like that. But what I will say is that if at the end of the night, Patrice Bergeron's only played like 15 minutes. It's because Boston's won like five, one or something like that. <laughs> like the, you know, when they played a close game the other night, he played 19 minutes or something like that. As long as it's close, he's going to play. It's when it's in the blowouts that he's not going to get very many minutes. So I don't mind going back to Boston one, but I think this is another case where I would be picking one offs from both sides. Gord, Pasternak, DeBrusque, Bjorkstrand, that type of thing, rather than full stacking anything, especially where Seattle's penalty kill has been getting better. That had been the bane of, of their existence. It has been getting better. Final game on the slate, we'll get to real quick. Uh, before we do, just want to mention that the XFL is back and with some big contests, 
Uh, Matt Gashevsky has you covered with his XFL DFS projections each and every week, as well as a video breaking down the slate available over on the Stochastic DFS channel. You can sign up for the XFL package using the link below and getting 50% off your first week. And it's only $11.50 to do so. That's half the regular price. You get uh, Matt Kashevsky's industry leading projections, uh, a premium video on demand available only to subscribers, as well as access to the XFL Discord channel. So if you want to get a little bit of football in you, just click through the link. You can get through 50% off your first week of XFL action. Our final game. Coming up, we have uh, the Nashville Predators 3.1 total going into San Jose. San Jose uh, Sharks have a 3.0 total. Uh, James Reimer has already been confirmed for the Sharks. Uh, on the Nashville side, I suspect it'll be UC Saros because they have a couple days off um, until their next game. Uh, but, but, you know, we'll probably find out at warm-up. Um I'm going to bring up the top stacks tool here real quick for this game uh, for Nashville specifically. You're not seeing any, right? 0.5% on the top line, 0.5% on the second line. Nashville lost Ryan Johansson to injury. Nashville has lost Philip Forsberg to injury. And this was a team that was struggling to score anyway. I know San Jose hasn't been really, hasn't really been that good defensively. Um, but the Couture Esamont line has been, fine like about about average defensively um 2.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five they can shut down whatever nashville has left like some nita rider duchene tommy novak line or whatever um they're gonna shut them down so nothing for me from the nashville side it's another one of those if you want a one-off nita rider duchene um cody glass something like that i i think that's fine but i'm not stacking anything from the nashville side on the San Jose side, Thomas Hurdle is back. Timo Meyer is not. With Meyer not playing, with Meyer not back and Hurdle not playing with him, I have no interest in playing Hurdle. So for me, it would be the Couture Bear Banoff Esamont line. But um, here's a little bit of news for you: they're easily the most over leveraged line on the entire slate. They have been playing exceptionally well. Uh, about 100 minutes since Michael Esmont got there, 5.4 expected goals per 60 minutes, 6.3 actual goals per 60 minutes. With Timo out, they could all be top power play unit. Nashville does take a lot of penalties. Their penalty kill does struggle. It's a tough situation. I, I, I think, you know, if you want to make sure you're not chalky and you want to, like, take out Esmont and put in Hurdle or something like that, I think that's fine. I do like that San Jose line. I just really don't like the ownership. I'll just, I just have to mention that they are in a pretty good spot, especially if Saros doesn't start. Um, Cause Nashville's forward depth is really taking a hit. They were bad defensively to begin with. And even Saros uh, hasn't been able to save them all the time up late. So I do like that Couture Bear Van off SM online. They're just coming in with too much ownership. Uh, for me to say yes, like they're my favorite filler line of the night or something like that. I, that's just something uh, I want to mention real quick. Uh, coming up after us, uh, it's the No House Advantage Thursday night NBA show with Neil and Greg. Uh, they're at 3.30 Eastern. And then the NBA Double Dive and Live Before Lock with Dave, Ryan, uh, Ryan uh, Greg, and Eric starting at 5 o'clock Eastern. All right, four goalies uh, have stood out to me so far here uh, today. Um, Junas Corpusalo, 6,700, I think, on DraftKings 
I told you he's been playing well this season. Minnesota hasn't been able to score. I like Corpusalo for that price at home. Uh, Vitek Vanacek at home as well. Don't mind him. Laurent Brassois starting for Vegas. Uh, I don't mind him either. He's had some pretty good games in the NHL over his career. He'd be one of the expensive guys I look to in case Calgary has some trouble generating quality, like I said they have had this season. With UC Saros, <laughs> pardon me, in that late game, uh, don't mind him either. On the blue line, three defensemen I would particularly pay up for, of course, Roman Yossi on Nashville. Um, if they generate, it's kind of like Eric Carlson, I'll probably go through him. Uh, Victor Hedman, obviously running uh, the, the, the lightning power play at home in that fantastic uh, matchup for Tampa Bay. Uh, and Adam Fox, um, I think he's kind of a sneaky pick here. Uh, remember, Detroit has a pretty bad penalty kill. Uh, Tarasenko is back there now, so don't mind him. For the mid-price guys, Jared Spurgeon got moved up to the Minnesota top power play unit in the last game. Now, Kalen Addison is back in the lineup tonight, so maybe Spurgeon isn't there. Um, might be worth the risk if you're playing a ton of lineups. Uh, Crystal Tang, Darnell Nurse, obviously from that Edmonton-Pittsburgh game. Eric Gustafson in a pretty good, really good power play spot for Washington. Uh, Noah Hannafin and Hampus Lindholm would be the other two mid-price guys that I wouldn't mind. Justin Falk as well for St. Louis, uh, especially if Tory uh, Krug out here tonight. For cheap guys, um, Eric Goodbranson, obviously, uh, for Columbus. Simon Benoit, again, uh, for Anaheim. Uh, Callie Rosen um, for St. Louis here tonight. Uh, we'll see what their defense lineups look like, but there should be more minutes with Krug out. Um, Braden McNabb for Vegas. Uh, he's been basically number three on the depth, depth chart behind Theodore um and Pietrangelo uh Mario Ferraro from San Jose Evan Bouchard from Edmonton Owen Power from Buffalo my hat trick pick for tonight uh we're going to go with uh somebody that's probably pretty chalky but I really don't care and we are going to go with uh Mr. Zach Hyman from uh the Edmonton Oilers I think that he gets there tonight um for um, uh, Edmonton in their game against Pittsburgh. All right, um, we're almost there. We just got to finish our lineup. Remember, we started uh, with the uh, with the New York Rangers top line. Um, I don't mind that Vancouver top line in that matchup either. Uh, so uh, we'll move uh, that Vancouver top line in. Um, we're putting Corpusalo in net. Like I said, I told you we'd be putting Corpusalo in. If we put Good Branson, what do we have left? So Corpusalo and Good Branson leaves us with 6,600. Wouldn't you know it? Adam Fox is 6,500. So there's the sample lineup. Vancouver one, Rangers one plus Fox, and then Good Branson on the blue line with Eunice Corpusalo in net. See how quickly it can all come together. 94.8 projection over on. DraftKings. That is our sample lineup here for tonight. And that'll do it for me. We are out of here. As mentioned, we will have a special guest for tomorrow. Thank you, for everybody, for uh, hanging out here today. Um, thank you for letting me know that I was on mute there for the first couple minutes of the show. Uh, good luck tonight, everybody. We'll talk to you in the Discord. Please hit that like and subscribe on your way out. And we'll see you tomorrow.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.